an early ball. Decides to go down the right-hand side. Going to be stood up into the middle. Chance here for Manchester United, Elatoun. Oh, well done. What a run from Elatoun to find herself in the right place at the right time. Zinsberger couldn't get there. And Elatoun gives Manchester United the lead at top of the table, Arsenal. Well, such a lovely ball over the top here. And the run in behind for England is by turn. What a chip, what a goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans, joined by Sam and Maisie. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Very well, yeah. Be- what a beautiful day. Beautiful really nice, day. Isn't it? Hardly a cloud in the sky. Tell you what, this is the, the posh spot again, isn't it's it? It's a nice room, isn't it? Yeah. It's the one full of all the weird memorabilia. Yeah. Looking out under the car park. It's nice to watch who's coming and going. Yeah, well, not when your seat's pointed the opposite direction, but yeah. <laughs> Maisie's having a nice look out. Maisie, where have you been? Noah. Come on. You not go to the clinic, no? Didn't no. take them up on their offer? No. Lazy got um, a message online, am I right? Is it, was it, was it they reached out to you online? I, yeah, I don't know how. Slid into DMs? No, I did. Just a, you know, a private message yeah. on my Instagram account of a hair clinic. And it says, hi, David. Hope you're well and great connecting with you. Is there any way we can help you restoring a natural looking hairline <laughs> or preserving existing hair? We'd be happy to help. Best wishes. And of which replied, I answered, are you saying I'm going bald? I mean... I think they are saying I mean, that. wow. But what's amazing wow. is... Wow. Do you know what? Well, yeah, you're not I'm 52, bald. I've got a lovely head of hair. <laughs> and, yeah, when I look at Tasker, who's absolutely got no hair at all, more on his chin than he has on his fod, then I think I'm a very lucky guy. Yeah. So, yeah. But you could preserve the hair, which is already there. Listen. In a jar. Listen, the best way is just grow all naturally. Apart from messages from hair clinics, have you not been anywhere else? I had a little trip to Spain with Keith Gillespie. Um, Quiet one? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, with Keith. Keith's a great lad, as you know. Northern Ireland. Northern Irish Connection, great. yes. And uh, I had a little trip to Thailand for four days, which was nice. I was in Barcelona since we last spoke. Well, yeah, how was yeah, Barcelona? Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. Such a good trip. Yeah, that was the end of the story. <laughs> what about you, Sam? Have you been anywhere? No, but I did see Wes Brown the other day and he told me you've convinced him to go to Thailand to go fishing and he's never been fishing in his life. Yes. He seemed to be 100% yeah. nervous and excited. Yes, well, as again, on my Instagram, you will see a huge fish from Jurassic Fisheries. Yeah. Absolutely the best fishing ever. I feel like you just started it. speaking a different language. We should talk about Ella too. Yeah, guys. I think that's what we should do. So she's joining us on the podcast. They obviously... United's number seven, score of the first goal in the women's final at the Euros last summer. Yeah, just a huge name in the game with an unbelievable career so far, despite the fact she's only 23. And we are lucky to have her at Manchester United. Absolutely. Manchester United fan, of course. Superstar, yeah. Born in 99. Wow. The one of the biggest moments of your life that you were celebrating in 99. Yeah. When she was just born. Her and parents she's would have been, been celebrating. celebrating one of the biggest since. moments of her life, the Euros. Yeah. It's class, isn't it? I love her. I wonder I love where we'll be in stories. 23 years. Well, hopefully I'll have a full head of hair still. Yeah. What a meteoric rise she's had yeah. with the career. She's also like such a big personality in the women's game. I think she's going to be really fun. So here she is, walking across the car park at the Carrington training ground. Here is Ella Toon. Ella Toon, welcome to the United Podcast. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you? I'm, you know what, I'm well. Don't be all good. Yep, yeah. nice sunny day. Everybody's in good good mood. It's a yeah. nice day. How's uh, so we're at Carrington, obviously. How does a normal day start for you 
on a day like today? Uh, well, match day minus two is a bit different. So we're in at 10, a bit more of a lie-in than usual. Um, do some screening in the gym, have breakfast, analyse the game from the weekend uh, and then go out to training. I imagine giving you one five one, that'll be quite fun. Yeah, yeah, there should be loads of goals we can analyse, so happy days. I'm going to jump straight in on match day minus two. So for people that are listening who might not be familiar, do you want to explain what that is? Match day minus two is... Oh, are we on match day mi- plus two or minus two? You said minus two, I haven't <laughs> Sorry, got a clue. Sorry, I'm wrong. It's match day plus two today, so obviously match day was Sunday, then it's Monday, then it's Tuesday, so plus two days from the game. How long does that go until you are back to zero? Just the next match? Um, no, I don't think we say match day plus three. Good question. But I don't Thank think you. That was a good question. Yeah, really really that was a good question. We, yeah, we only do yeah. plus two and we also do minus one. So match day minus one is obviously yeah. the day before the game. Did you used to do that? Never heard that before. No. <laughs> do you like no, it? Just do Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's, <laughs> yeah. it, that's it. You've said it was a bit of a long journey getting here this morning. Oh, yeah. You are in Tildesley, is that right? Yeah. Is that where your family are? Yeah, yeah. You've just got your own house now, I though, have, haven't yeah, you? but only two minutes down the road, so they're still yeah. there. So you can still go for your dinner? Yeah, mum can still come round and, and clean and that. Yeah. So your family, are you all, do you all, did you all grow up as Manchester United fans? No, there's a there's a few different ones. Uh, my dad was actually is actually a Bolton fan. And my brother was growing up and now he's a United fan, which is a bit weird. Um, but like my cousins and all that, yeah, they're, they're United fans and that's probably where I got it from. Because you were a United fan when you were a child, right? Yeah, straight away. I used to go down the local football club and play with my older cousin and he was a big United fan, so I just think I copied him. And then obviously when we had a dog, he was a United fan too. The, the dog, dog was. was? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, makes is sense. this Norman? No, before Norman. Not before Norman. Jimmy. Jimmy. He had a United coat and all that, so... Made it even in the arse. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it blows my mind that you were born in 1999. Maisie, does that make you oh, feel right, old? Right. Sorry. Yeah, it does make me feel old. <laughs> but it's all right. She's a youth. She's a youth. She youth keeps us young. You'll get there one day, you know. I know. You get to my Well, age. listen, I was only, what, 12 then? But I just mean, you know, the significance know, yeah. of born in 1999. Maisie's here. I know class obviously you don't remember those days but what days do you remember going to watch uh, <laughs> Manchester United play um, I remember being quite young and going on the um, the Old Trafford tour and it was my cousin's birthday and obviously like I said they were big United fans so we all went down and I remember just going out on the pitch and sitting in the dugout and yeah just absolutely loving it and just falling in love with the stadium um, but yeah I didn't go to as many games when I was younger because dad was a Bolton fan did you go to Bolton games? Yeah, I did, to be fair. Yeah, I just love football. But to be fair, when I was younger, I actually couldn't sit still. I still can't now, so I couldn't actually sit still and watch a game. Dad used to say, like, Ellie, you need to, like, watch the games and learn a bit, but I'd rather just be kicking the ball about. I think it's difficult when you're a kid to, to go and watch football for that exact reason. Yeah, you exactly. Play. You just want to play, don't you? Yeah. Ronaldo was your first, like, footballing hero, is that right? Yeah, my idol growing up, yeah. I used to have the number seven on every shirt. I used to wear his boots. And then I used to sit on YouTube and Google like Cristiano Ronaldo doing skills. And then I'd go outside and practice them. So yeah, I just absolutely loved watching him growing up. Were there any other players that, that had that kind of impact on you? Obviously, I, I just love Man United and I used to sit at the table and just write the, the whole United squads out like weird. But I just like loved watching Rooney and obviously... Ronaldo always sticks out to me because of the player that he was and how skillful he was on the pitch. Was it fun eventually because obviously he would have turned up here 
for a, obviously it's gone now, but for a while. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like I was reliving my childhood all over again and I was actually in the same area as an idol growing up. So yeah, it, it was definitely for me uh, very special to to be playing for Manchester United and your idol also to be back and playing for Manchester United too. Did you ever speak to him? No. No. I was meant to. We was meant to do a shoot together, but he got off early, so dreams <laughs> crushed. It's the the number seven <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. And also for that, you were on the front of Old Trafford. Yeah. Must have been quite cool. Mad. It's, I've been up there twice now and it still seems amazing. And yeah, I mean, that's where I used to go and watch Manchester United growing up. And then now to be on the side of Old Trafford, my big head on the side and all my family who go and watch Man United sending me videos and stuff like that, it's, it's crazy. Because I assume those aren't the things like maybe that you dream of when you are a kid, when you want to play football. You're not going, I want to be on the... On the posters yeah, of at Old Trafford. Not. But... Obviously, it's to step out at Old Trafford and play on Old Trafford, but not to have your picture on the side of it. Um, so, yeah, I remember the first time I was up there and no one told me and someone tagged me in it on Twitter and me and my mum and dad got in the car straight away and drove <laughs> and, and seen it. You're also on the side of a pub, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a pub in Tilsley, my local. Uh, all the family go in there and, yeah, there's big graffiti of me on, on the side. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Do you get free drinks? To be fair, after the Euros put a thing on Facebook saying like I'll, I'll see everyone in the union after um, and loads of people came in so she was like thank you for bringing all these people Aww. in you can have free drinks whenever <laughs> and now I just text her saying Sharon can can you book, can you get us a table uh, I'm coming for food in 10 minutes <laughs> she just gets us in Aww, so love yeah that. she sorts me out to be fair That's I like to think in that 10 minutes there's some families just sat down like this and they're just getting booted out of the pub <laughs> <laughs> was it always football for you Ella or were you into other sports growing up Every sport. Uh, I was so competitive. I, I still am now. And I used to do every single sport that I could do. I was into netball, table tennis. My my family are swimmers and water polo players. Oh, A lot okay. of my family are. So, yeah, I, I was in that as well. Um, but football was always the one. Water polo, that can be a very common sport to yeah, be involved in. I think it is in Tilsley and in, in the Toon Fam, it is quite quite a big thing. My dad used to be a water polo player. Um but yeah, I, I just loved it. Just loved any sport and just being competitive. It's really winning. tough water polo, isn't it? It is, yeah. you got to tread water. Yeah, and then, I've played it. I've done it a few times. I just constantly feel like I'm drowning. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, yeah. And there's water always in your eyes. <laughs> I've just got an image of you playing water polo. <laughs> I've never played water polo. Maisie, have you ever played water polo? Only in training there. Yeah, yeah, getting back from fitness and stuff like that. Was there one person in particular that really encouraged you in terms of taking you to football, taking you to other netball, whatever sport it was at the time? Yeah, I think both my mum and dad. Mum um, was a gymnast growing up, so I, I was into that. Then dad was water polo and football and swimming. And I think dad just never let me win at anything when I was younger, whether it was a board game or a game of table tennis. And I think that's just where it comes from, just wanting to win and, and wanting to be the best at everything and just wanted to to just enjoy and play sport. Um, just absolutely loved getting involved in everything. Yeah, because I read that you've done your Manchester United all-time 11 and you talked about Roy Keane and that's what you really admired in him. Someone who just wants to win at all costs. And would you say that you're that type of person now? Yeah, 100%. I think I go into every game, whether that's in training or an actual game and just wanting to win. When we're in training and I lose small-sided games, no one speaks to me for a good 10 minutes because it's just, I think it's the end of the world. But... Yeah, obviously Roy Keane, I've read his autobiography and I've watched games that he's played in and I've just loved the, the fight and the desire that he had when he stepped out onto the pitch and the passion that he played. 
with um, and yeah I think I took that into my game as well mm-hmm. Feels like it would be a waste not to be talking about Roy Keane and fighting passion and not have some fun with your red card against Spurs <laughs> What fun can we have with that? <laughs> do, do, you, do you think it was harsh? Yeah I thought it was harsh I Yeah it was harsh, I, do, yeah. I do to be fair I think obviously like I say I, I play with passion and we were at it all game and I've I've pushed her she's pretended I've hit her in the face and and yeah, and I didn't. Let's talk about your early games. At what point did it become clear that there might be some sort of future for you at football? Because obviously when we talk to the players that have played for the men's team, that career path is obvious to them. Yeah. It's obvious to every five-year-old boy and has been for 100 years. But that's not always been the case in the women's game, obviously. No, of course. Like Growing up, there was not really many role models that we could look up to and, and to see. Um, I think when I went to the RTC, the United Art Academy, um, I think that's just when I thought I want to do this forever. I want to play football every day. Um, but obviously it wasn't as visible back then. Um, I think the older I got and the more women's football was growing, the more I could see a, a pathway in in the game. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely came as I got a bit more older just because of the facilities and, and the opportunities that women got in football. You were playing as a kid, you know, at Blackburn? Yeah. You were in the United Academy and then that stopped, right, when you hit an age? Yeah. And then City? <laughs> yeah. And then back to United? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, United didn't have a women's team back in the day, so I was there for seven years and had to leave. Um, so I went to Blackburn. And then I went on a dual contract with Man City. So I was training with Man City and playing for Blackburn. And then So how did that work? Because that seems quite unusual. Well, I was training every day with Man City but then on the weekend I'd go and play my games for Blackburn and it was perfect I was training every day with the best and then getting game time at a weekend and I think for a young player game time is is massive and just a massive part of learning so yeah I was lucky enough to do that and as soon as United had a women's team I came home Could you have played for City as well though at the weekend? No I don't think so I, I could train with Blackburn so I think I did a few days with City and Blackburn training at night and then I'd play the games with Blackburn so you, as a child, were coming to Manchester United. You said you came for seven years. Was that at the cliff or was it here? No, that was at the cliff. And when I go back, it gives me goosebumps. Like, this is where my childhood was. Um, and obviously, yeah, just going in, getting on the Astro, coming out dirty as black Astro all over you, uh, taking it home in your boots and it all on the floor at home. But yeah, the cliff definitely has so many special memories for me. What was the setup then? You said that you went there to train. How many nights a week? It was such a long time ago now, but um, I think it was a Monday and Wednesday night. So just go there for an hour and and yeah, train on the Astro inside. And mum and dad would be sat up at the top on the balcony watching over. So as a United fan, you must have been desperate, I suppose, during the years that you were training at the cliff for a, a, a full women's team to be established. Was that like a hope? Was that a dream? Or did you always think, I'm going to have to leave eventually? A hundred percent. It was, my dream was to always play for Manchester United. And I obviously wanted there to be a team, but I think at the time they did it well where they weren't ready to make a team. So yeah, I think in, in the back of my mind, I always knew that I had to leave and progress elsewhere, but I always had that hope that one day there would be a, a women's team. And luckily it fell at such a perfect time for me in my career. And yeah, I managed to come home. At this age... Obviously, there were professional footballers when you were at school, but did you have a backup plan? Like, what? like my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that, I am such a mum. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have a backup plan because all I ever wanted to do was, was football. But my mum always said, you need to do your schoolwork. 
it's a non-negotiable, Ella. You've got to go to school. You've got to go to college. Um, but yeah, I think I'd be struggling um, if I if I didn't make it in football. But obviously, like I said, I, I love sport, so probably something to do with that PE teacher or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, the aim was always football. Didn't need it, did you? Obviously not. I told my mum that back in the day, but she never listened. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about when you first started hearing rumours that maybe there might be a Manchester United first team that you could be a part of. Yeah, I think my dad rang me. I, I don't know how he saw it or whether my mum saw something on Facebook. Mum loves a Facebook scroll. And they were like, yeah, th- there's rumours that there's going to be a women's team. And I thought, wow, like this could be perfect for me right now in my career. I need to go and play. And yeah, and it and it's home. So and it's the, the club that I love and support. So for that little girl who had that dream to one day play for Manchester United, it, it's now coming coming true. And yeah, hopefully the manager wants to sign me. And yeah, that was it. I think it was quite a quick turnaround. There was a rumor, and the next minute there was a team. Did you reach out to someone? Did you think, oh, if, if just in case, I'll make sure everyone knows that I'm interested. I'm a United fan, or was well, it Casey Stoney and she wanted to get you in? Yeah, well, I was on a dual contract with. Blackburn and City and then I was at City then just City so I wasn't at Blackburn anymore so I wasn't playing so I, I said to my my agent I said I, I just need to go and play I love football too much to be sat on the bench and in that transition I was talking to clubs and then Casey came in I had one conversation with her and yeah I thought I, I want to go home I want to play for Manchester United and yeah that was it How well did you know Casey? I didn't know her too well. I'd played against her um, a couple of times. I remember playing in a in a friendly for Man City against Liverpool at the time. And yeah, she was on the pitch. I obviously knew a lot about her, her career and yeah, what a, what an amazing player she was. And yeah, and obviously sitting with her, we had that connection that she'd been there. She'd been in the game. She'd played it all before and she knew what people wanted. So yeah, and yeah, our relationship grew after that. There were seven of you that returned to the club. That must have been really special. Yeah, very special players that I played with growing up and seeing all those dreams come true as well. That we'd finally got a women's team and we'd finally been able to come back and yeah, all play together. So yeah, that was definitely special and there's still a few of us left. Also, you got to be United's number seven. <laughs> yeah. How did that come about? Was that was that something that you were able to be involved in? Because I guess you're a United fan. Were people aware of that? Did they know how special that would have been for you? I don't know if they were aware of it, but I remember um, it was one of the first times we'd we'd all met. Um, I think we'd met Casey at Old Trafford and she was talking and there was a few of us in the room and she handed us this, it was like a box and I opened it and it was a shirt with two and seven on the back. So I thought, wow, that's amazing, number seven. And then I was like, like, what does the seven mean? Is this my number or what? I didn't think it'd be my number, but I said, is this my number or what? And she was like, yeah, you're the number seven from Manchester United. And obviously for me, that was so special. Like growing up, supporting the club, Ronaldo being my favourite player, wearing the number seven shirt whenever I had a kit. Um, so yeah, I don't know if they knew that that was special for me, but at the time that was unbelievable. And yeah, I couldn't wait to get home and show my mum and dad. Yeah, really special moment for all of your family. Did you feel like you were really part of something historic the first time you represented the club? Yeah, and I still think that now. I think we're making history every single day. Obviously, at the start, it was history. It was the first Man United women's team. Um, so, yeah, every day is obviously special playing for for such a big club and putting the, the shirt on every weekend is is still so special to me and the same as it was five years ago now so yeah it'll always be a special thing for me what was that whole first season like obviously you won the league you scored five in the game against Leicester <laughs> you were top goal scorer 
yeah, special. Just absolutely loving playing football and playing for the club that I love and support. And yeah, obviously it was an amazing season. We we set out to win that league and we managed to do it. And we had an unbelievable uh, team and some really special players. And yeah, for me, it was the start of my journey and I only wanted to keep improving. When did the England thing turn around or come out? Um, I remember getting a phone call off Phil and Phil Neville, who was manager at the time. And he was saying like, I've been watching your games. I... I want you to keep doing this, this and this. And then a couple months after, I was walking the dog um, and I had a phone call and he said, you've been selected for my first England camp. And yeah, it was a, it was amazing. I went training with the best players, but obviously it was lockdown. So there was actually no games yeah. for like a year or something. So I actually didn't make my debut for, for ages after. So I was, at, I was going to all these camps and we weren't actually playing games. But yeah, that that day that I made my debut was such a special Did you day. feel ready for England? Or was it a big step up or did you think this is pretty easy? I think I felt ready. I think I was in really good form and I was playing really well at club and obviously it was a, a goal of mine to be selected in the in the England team. Obviously, when you go, it takes you a while nervous. to get into it. Yeah, obviously you've got nerves. You're playing with top players in England yeah. and you've got to get up to the speed of it. It's very different from club. But yeah, I think I settled in quite quite quick and I had that bit of confidence about me that I was good enough to be there. You say about nerves, do you get nervous now before games? No, I don't actually get nervous. Um, I always think like, I do this every do you, day. Do you, I was going to say, do you have a ritual match day? What you go through? Um, Put your socks on different ways? Nah, or I've tried to cut down with all that because it was getting too much. I wear the same knickers, same sports bra. Obviously, I wash them. But <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Millie Turner always puts my GPS in. And then before kickoff, I go, come on, girls, straight in. And that's my main three. But Why does Millie Turner put your GPS in? She's done it since day one, game day one. And right. ever since, she's put my GPS in. I know, very weird, but I think it works. <laughs> If Millie wasn't there, he'd do it. I know. I always think about that because she was injured at some point. So I don't know what, what I did. I think it would have been Alessia. Because I think <laughs> Alessia's got blonde hair and so <laughs> Millie. So looks <laughs> like the same person. That'd be reasonable. Yeah. So what were, you, what were the other things you were doing that you've cut back on? I'd sing a, a United chant the morning of a game when I'd wake up. But then sometimes I'd forget. So I was like, right, I don't actually need to do that. Um, Which chants? Woke up this morning feeling fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've cut back on that one now. I might do. I might bring it back. Who knows? Yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like a nice way to wake up. Yeah, I know it wakes me up in the morning. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> What's your pre-match meal? Uh, bagel, avocado, poached eggs and beans, and oh. a glass of orange juice. Every game. Every game, yeah. No matter what time kickoff is, yeah. How did uh, that compare to yours, Maisie? Scrambled egg, chicken and beans, probably. Yeah. Chicken. Yeah, boiled chicken. Boiled chicken? Yeah. Oh, that sounds horrific. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I'll stick to mine. Yeah. <laughs> Boiled chicken, scrambled eggs. And what well, was we never one? had bagels. Bagels are not bagels. Yeah, but bagels and avocado. It's more than bread. That's just so now, in it? You know, it's just a So fad. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do agree You'd with you there about avocado, avocado, but bagels, you cannot claim that a bagel is a new thing. It well, is. I'm going to stop the two of you because this is not bagels. some weird bread podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about you and David. You scored against Northern Ireland. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I remember coming on at half time and I was playing in a bit of a different role than usual. I was a bit deeper in the midfield and I just remember it was so windy. I was just, I was just buzzing. I was just playing for England, making my debut and yeah, a dream come true. And obviously there was a penalty and they gave it to me. So I stepped up and luckily it went in or else it would have made the day a, a bit worse. <laughs> and hat trick against Latvia. 
Yeah. That must have been cool. Was that your first senior hat-trick? Yeah, my first hat-trick for England, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously scoring for England is so special every time you do it. So then in that game to then to then get the three was, uh, was yeah, a very special day. Did you get the match ball? Yeah, got a match all ball. All signed? Yeah, all signed. So yeah, I've got two now in glass, glass cases. boxes. Love it. Um, yeah, my mum said I can't keep them in the living room. So. I was going to say, have they all moved? <laughs> yeah, all she stuffed them away. <laughs> Are immediately you some- <laughs> I know seriously I was going to say are you someone who keeps memorabilia yeah I've got all my like special shirts frames so my England debut my United debut my hat trick uh, my Olympic debut yeah I've got I've got loads but yeah mum obviously don't put them up in, around the house <laughs> but now you've got your own house yeah I have yeah but you don't want to put them in your house either. In my house either. <laughs> <laughs> See how it changes. That's always in the future. Yeah. Ella, how excited was you to get in the Euros? Yeah. Into that team? Oh, buzzing. I remember we had loads of camps leading up to the Euros. And this one day we knew that Serena would be picking a squad. So everyone was on eggshells, like sat waiting for her to call us into a meeting one by one. And she called me in and she said, I want you to be a part of our Euro squad. And... I was just so relieved and I just thought, wow, everything that I've worked so hard for has finally fallen into place. So yeah, I couldn't wait to get to get started. And then do you ring around all your mates and say, yeah. are you in, are you in, are you in? Do well, you have like a fair, WhatsApp group? You could see along the balcony, each player coming in and out. So I was thinking, oh, she don't look happy. Oh no. <laughs> she looks all right. But obviously for me, it was, is Alessia in? Alessia was the same for me. So I, I went, I think I went in first um, and Les went in after me. Is that so. how they actually do it? Yeah. Get you in a line of, like... Well, we're all sat around... see the headmaster. We're all sat around in different areas at SGP. So I think we got a text or something and you could just see the next person going in. And uh, I was sat waiting for ages. I swear I was one of the last ones and I was sweating. But yeah, as soon as I came out, I waited for Alessia and we hugged it out in the room and yeah, that was it. Man. Obviously, you know you're part of the squad, but when did you find out that you would be involved and coming onto the pitch? We always find out the scene that night before um but Serena was really clear on everyone's roles she she played the same starting 11 each game and it worked and I knew that my role was to be an impact sub and to come on and, and change games and yeah and because I knew that I was happy with that I was happy with my role and I just wanted to do the best that I could for the team so obviously you want to play um that's the mentality that we have as footballers you want to play every game but I think she did it really well where I knew my role and uh yeah I was happy to do it yeah, I think when a manager is transparent and you know beforehand, you know, lots of people talk about Sir Alex Ferguson being yeah. like that too, Maisie. And you know where you stand. Absolutely, yeah. It's. Um, I think the hardest thing is when you get to finals and you realise you're not going to start, is having that mentality to think, well, do you know what? I might get on. I might be, do something special. And obviously you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm going to come on and change a game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Are you... Do you know in all those times when you was with England watching the final, do you watch where you're playing or that position? And yeah. you think, well, she's pretty crap there. I can yeah. get the better side of her. When or... I'm on the bench, I'm I'm always looking at the opponent that I'm yeah, going to yeah. be playing up against. I, I think I listened to Ollie Gunnar Skullshire. Yeah, yeah. He was the best at it. And he sat there and analysed the game. So when he came on, he was already one up on the yeah, opponent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think I'm quite good at watching and analysing games now. So I know where the when I'm sat watching where the pockets are that I can pick up. Uh, so yeah, I definitely prepared myself really well going into each game that I came on. Do you watch your games back? Yeah. 
How many yeah. times have you watched the final back? <laughs> Too many. I watched the whole final. I've watched my goal just, back. That's it, that's <laughs> it. Do you just fast forward it? Just one it? part. Yeah, yeah, I fast forwarded it to my goal each time. And yeah, I've got it saved on my phone and stuff. So yeah, I always look that's back on meant. that one. What about the first goal, Spain? 84th minute, equaliser. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, maybe none of the rest of it happens. Yeah, I think looking back, I scored two very important goals in, in that tournament. Um, but yeah, the Spain one was massive because without that, we would have been going home. Um, so yeah, really late on, came on again and right place, right time and managed to put it in the back of the net and the whole game turned around and we managed to go through. So yeah, obviously without that goal, it might have been a different story. So, so glad that I could play my part in that. How special, just before we get to the final, how special was that whole tournament, the build-up to it and the, the feeling from inside the camp, seeing the country get caught up in it all? Oh, it was unbelievable. One of the best summers of my life going there and it being a home Euros was so special as well. And every time you travel to the game, you could see so many fans there and it, it was just like, wow, like we're really growing women's football and we're really inspiring the nation. Um and I think for us, it was always about making the nation proud. And you can see that. You can see the journey that we had and the fans were on board as well. So, yeah, unbelievable. So then I suppose we should talk about the final. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> you put England 1-0 up. Sensational finish. Is there a moment where obviously you're focused on the game that that hits you and you go, I've just scored a wonder goal in the final of the Euros and... Oh, England yeah. are winning. Yeah, well, I was running off and I was thinking, please keep it a 1 0. How sick would that be? I've yeah. just scored, <laughs> scored that winner. goal. And yeah. if we win 1 0, that's unbelievable. But obviously, we like making it hard work and entertaining, don't we? So, yeah, I, I just remember in a game, yeah, I've never asked the ref how long left because I never want it to end. But in that game, I was like, ref, how long left? And she was like, 25 minutes. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> I feel sick. Um, but yeah, oh so special such a special memory and yeah still get goosebumps talking about it so eventually the final whistle goes what's that moment like every single emotion running through my body and it was so nice and I always talk about it is there's a picture at the final whistle and it's me and Alessia and it gives me goosebumps because I, I just remember me and Alessia being so close to each other when the final whistle went and ran hugged each other been on the journey since we were 13, 14 just won a Euros together and yeah celebrating in that moment with, with her um, was even more special but yeah every single emotion running through my body yeah it's incredible celebrations mad <laughs> well we all seen them <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah obviously it went on for ages after um, and then we went back to the hotel and all of our family and friends were there and yeah, it went on late into the night. <laughs> I think all of the iconic images from the celebrations from more or less the moment the final whistle has gone, there's a few that you're not involved in. Like there's Ellen White stood looking at the trophy. It's really cool because obviously no one knew at that moment it's her last game. Then there's a series of these incredible images, all of you in a bucket hat. Yeah. I had that bucket hat on for about three days. <laughs> My air was just a mess. It was sweating. <laughs> but yeah, I just, for some reason, me and the bucket hat just loved each other and we just stuck together yeah you need to get a glass box for that maybe <laughs> I don't know where it went though I remember having it on for like three days and then I just I honestly don't know where it is now but the pub that I'm on the side of sell bucket hats with buzzing me head off because apparently on an interview I said that after the game <laughs> yeah. so how did you did you have downtime after that to go and enjoy time with your family friends yeah I went straight to Ibiza I went straight on holiday um, just to to get away from it all but I didn't get away from it all because it followed me everywhere <laughs> yeah I went to get went away to from it all to Ibiza yeah. yeah oh no I definitely didn't get away from it <laughs> yeah maybe we should have gone somewhere what's, a little bit quieter what's life been like since that moment because 
everybody was watching. Yeah. It's changed so much. Um, I obviously got papped eating a pasty. I was just eating a pasty and next minute I'm in the paper. And obviously now I walk down the street and people recognise me and people ask me for pictures. And after games, there's so many more little girls with toon shirts on and signs and stuff like that. So yeah, life's definitely changed since then. Really nice though, I'm sure with the club, you do lots of things in the community. You probably go and see younger children, go to schools. And that must be really special for you because you probably didn't have girls coming in when you were at school. Yeah, I'm very big on that. I'm very big on what can I do for the community? What can I do to help inspire the next generation? And I think because growing up, we didn't have much to look up to. Um, It's nice to be in that position now and to use my platform to really help um, get involved in the community and help inspire young girls to get involved. What are the targets you've set yourself? Obviously, you've won the Euros, United are currently top of the league, you've played in the Olympics. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty good for, for a young lady without a plan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but I always set goals for myself. Obviously, I want to get in the World Cup squad uh, for the summer. Obviously, I want to win trophies for Manchester United. Everyone wants to win for the club that they're playing for. So, yeah, those are definitely big things that I want to go on and, and do in my career. As a United fan, when you first put your kit on, did you get like a real kick out of that? Yeah, because I just remember all the kits I'd have, that I had growing up just because I loved Manchester United to then actually put it on to step out and play for Manchester United was just... Uh, unbelievable feeling and still now I put the shirt on and I'm buzzing like I'm playing for Man United like I still get a buzz out of it five years later from the first time that I did it so yeah it's still very special for me Sam's still waiting for that moment as you can tell (laughs) (laughs) I've told him many times Sam it's just not going to happen it might come (laughs) might play for the media team or something there you go what about when you had to put a city kit on we all make mistakes (laughs) (laughs) you say we all make mistakes yeah (laughs) You're now going for the league, the FA Cup. How far can this team go? Obviously, we've come so far in in the the years that we've been a team, but this year has been unbelievable. We've signed some really talented players and the depth in squad now is is really special. But obviously, yeah, all of our aim is to win the league. All of our aims is to win a trophy for Manchester United. So I think this team can go really far if we keep working hard in training and we keep taking each game as it comes. But I think, what makes us different from every other team is the togetherness that we have in yeah. the squad and how close we are off the pitch really helps when we step out onto the pitch. So, yeah, hopefully we can keep up the good form and keep winning. With England having a little look at the World Cup? Yeah, obviously we've got a big target on our backs now. I think we're up there with the favourites going off the back of the Euros, but the same goes. We take each game as it comes. Um, but, yeah, I think for us it was always about making the nation proud in the Euros and that'll be the same in the World Cup and, yeah, inspiring the next generation and hopefully we can we can do well. You're definitely doing that. Absolutely. I'm doing it all as a Manchester United fan, which makes it even more special. Yeah. Ella, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. That was Ella Toon. That was Ella Toon. How good was that? Really good. Another iconic number seven to yeah. be at this club. Maisie, how did you find out what your shirt numbers were going to be? The gaffer just told us, he just said, you'll be 12 and then the year later I got the number four shirt. I suppose though it was different for her because this was the start of a team, wasn't it? No one had a number. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a really nice moment. It's like a really nice touch. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. We never got that. It was just a case of that's it. That's your shirt number. Yeah, but surely the manager said, brought you in before and said, do you want the number four? No. No? No, nothing. 
No, I think number seven is so I- iconic, so with, iconic with Manchester United. So iconic. I like the one, even though she was given it, she still wasn't 100% sure, like, this yeah. means it's, that's my number now. Do you know what was really nice about that podcast? The fact that for her, her obviously she, Manchester United didn't have a women's team whenever she was young, but the journey wasn't quite as difficult for her as what it has been for older women that we've spoken to in the game. Yeah, she just wanted it. She wanted like there was to do a girls' just, team. Obviously, she was doing the split contract, which was that was mad. That mm-hmm. yeah, crazy. Train at Blackburn. Oh, sorry, train at City all, all week, and then. But she was always still be able. She was still involved in women's yeah. football. That's what I'm trying to say. I think it's brilliant. I think it's so good for for all football like that. So good. Maisie, have you got your head around the minus two plus one situation now? Oh, what's this is going to be Maisie's minus new way two of life. Plus two. Yeah, minus two over the weekend. Podcast plus two days, amazing. Yeah, so we're we're level today. Yeah, we're this we're is day zero. podcast uh, level. Also, I tell you what. Yeah, what a sporting family she's got. I know. By the yeah. way, they are sport billies. Sport billies. Sport billies. <laughs> Netball, water polo, swimming. Then she just threw in gymnastics. She yeah. was always going to be a winner, wasn't she? A lot of the people we speak to tend to come from families. It's like the number of people we spoke to that could have gone on and done other sports. Yeah. I think I'd have done that. If I weren't going to do uh, lorry driving, I think I'd have been a PE teacher. <laughs> Why that, lorry driving? Because I didn't have a clue what the careers officer was on about. I said I was going to play football. And I, was, I had the same mentality as what Ella, Ella had. That just wanted to win. I just wanted to win and just play football. So when the careers officer came, came around to me and said, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going to play football. I said, well, what if you're not going to? So I just thought I'd be a lorry driver. And that was it. Because I was just so focused on being a footballer. Exactly the same as what Ella was. And how lovely that girls now can do that. Yeah, absolutely. She's iconic. She's got... It's brilliant. And she's only 23. Yeah. Wow. So much World to come. Feet. She's absolute. She's going to be an absolute superstar. And a lovely person too. It's really yeah. cool just to see how quickly the women's game is growing. Yeah. And she loves pasties. I love that. <laughs> Got an email for us, Sam? Uh, I have actually, yes. Uh, I'll read it to you. It says, Hello, Sam, Maisie, Helen and podcast tech crew. So all of you in the room. Oh, that's nice. You've been... uh You've been addressed. I greatly appreciate all of your hard work on the podcast and thank you for helping open up the club more to us fans. I started listening to the podcast on a regular basis recently after I saw a preview of the Teddy sharing an interview in the United app and I devoured the podcast episode straight away. Teddy was such an engaging guest and I loved his honesty about why he left Spurs to join United and about how he ended up signing a new contract with United in the summer of 2000. I also have a question for Maisie. Oh. David, listen up. Yeah. Does he remember why United wore the white away strip against Barcelona in the 3-3 draw at Old Trafford in September 1998? Surely United should have played in red and Barca should have played in their away kit. Did Albert forget to pack the home kit or did we lose a coin toss for colours? Thanks, John M, who's in Newport. TN is Tennessee, is that right? Yeah, USA is United States of America. Formerly, Newry. Oh! Northern Ireland. Yeah. Newry. That's good for you, Sam. <laughs> Do you remember, Maisie? Uh, I don't remember, actually, Helen. No, that's no. one. It's a question for Albert. I, I, we need I, to get my, him back on anyway. Yeah, my very best guess would be did, if Barcelona's change kit had was red or had red in it so they couldn't wear that, then I guess we would then wear our away kit so there was avoided all clashes. Maybe that the white kit stands out 
a little bit more maybe I don't know thank you very much for listening as always we'll be back very soon with another podcast for you if you want to get in touch with us and send us an email like John did you can it's United Podcast at manunited.co.uk we'll end it right there thank you very much leave us a review we would appreciate that and if you want to drop us a comment we'd like that too have a lovely weekend or week depending on when you're listening see you later